So glad to have you, and I'm glad that I can introduce you to Pastor Lenentine and then you to him. Uh, he's a man of God that loves the Lord, and I'm so glad he's with us. Get your Bibles open. Get your hearts ready. Let's hear what God has to say to us this evening. Amen. Well, welcome now, and we're glad you're in church on this uh, midweek service here on Wednesday night. Turn your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter in chapter number 5. 1 Peter in chapter number 5. We're so very, very thankful for the amazing testimony, the history here of uh, First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. We're so glad that you're a part of it, uh, and um, appreciate your faithfulness and commitment to the Lord's work. So very thankful for your pastor, and what a dear, dear uh, pastor, what a man of God, what a gracious man that he is. He's a friend, and maybe many of you know that, but he's a friend to many, many pastors all around this country, and with missionaries and that around the world. So he's been a great blessing and encouragement to me. If you have it there in First Peter, in chapter number 5, if you're able, let's stand together. If we were to read four verses uh, here as we get started. In First Peter, chapter 5, this would be a familiar verse here. In First Peter, chapter 5, and in verse number 6, the Bible says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Kind of a sobering thought here in verse number nine, where it says, we're supposed to resist the devil steadfast in the faith. And then it says, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in you, in your, brethren, in your brethren, that are in the world. We're in this sin-cursed world, and we're going to go through some hardships. We're going to go through some difficulties, um, not because God doesn't love us, not because he's abandoned us or that he's forsaken us. In fact, he tells us that he'll not forsake us, but we will go through some burdens and difficulties in this life. Because it is a world that is cursed with sin and because we are just pilgrims and strangers that are just passing through. Uh, and really, in a way, it makes heaven all the sweeter. Look, if you would, again, at verse number seven, the Bible says, casting, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. What a great encouragement. The Heavenly Father, I pray that you should bless us. Truly encourage your hearts and help us in this time. Give us something we pray from your word, and we'd ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated all over. As it, look, we see here the matter of care and just the matter of anxiety and stress on us. I had read this, and it was really so interesting to me as I had prepared this message. And the thought is this, that the human body is designed to actually experience stress. It's not all bad, but God has designed us in that way. It can be very helpful for us to experience stress and then to react to it. Stress then, in a very positive way, keeps us alert and keeps us ready then to avoid danger. Our bodies are truly an amazing creation. Let's say, for example, if you would, that we're hiking, and while we're hiking, we come up on a a snake, on a rattlesnake. Uh, we were building our building back many years ago in the very first building that we had, and we were up roofing, uh, putting shingles on the roof, and I was going to walk to the front of our property where the wellhead had been put in for water, but it hadn't been run up to the building. And as I'm walking along, uh, I step on what feels like really a firm mattress, if you would. About halfway through the stride, I'm thinking, 
We're in New Mexico. We're in the desert. They have snakes. They even have rattlesnakes here. So kind of mid-stride, I kind of leaped forward, if you would. And then I turned around, and sure enough, there was a, a snake that was all coiled up tight on the ground. And I thought, well, it can't be a rattlesnake. They have bull snakes, which are not uh, poisonous. I said, it can't be a rattlesnake because I'm still alive. And then he raised up his tail and went, ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. I said, wow, thank you, Lord. So apparently when I stepped on him, I pinned him down. I pinned his head down. So I sneak around, and I go, and I grab this really long, a two-by-four, 16-foot long, uh, that was crooked. They use it on the tops of walls and bottoms of walls. Uh, and I come around and I line up that thing and I just, I thump it, amen, uh, and, uh, and kill that rattlesnake. But that is quite an experience. Now, when something like that happens, what our body does is it actually releases then a great burst of adrenaline, which brings on very intense stress. It absolutely is a stress that's on our body. Our blood pressure rises, sending a burst of oxygen throughout our body. Our memory is set that on high alert. Uh, And our muscles then have become completely motivated. Lethargy uh, has left our body and we are in action mode. We're set on full alert. Now all of that again is God's design for us and it's actually of course a very, very good thing. But what we see in this passage and what God is speaking to us and warning us about is the opposite of that. The negative side of that in the matter of this stress and anxiety that lingers and lingers on us continually, and it causes many harms to our health and our body. WebMD said this, and I'll need to read some of this, but uh, it's, it's very interesting. I think it's important. Stress becomes negative when a person faces continuous challenges uh, without relief or relaxation between these challenges. As a result, a person becomes overworked, and stress-related tension starts to build up. Stress that continues without relief can lead to a condition called distress. We can actually go into distress, which is the very negative aspect of stress reaction in our life. Distress then can lead to physical symptoms, which include headaches, upset stomach, elevated blood pressure, chest pains, and problems sleeping. Research suggests that stress can bring on or worsen certain symptoms or diseases. Stress also becomes harmful when people use alcohol, tobacco, or drugs to try to relieve their stress. Unfortunately, instead of relieving the stress uh, and returning the body back to a relaxed state, these substances tend to keep the body in a stressed state and cause more problems And let's consider, if you would, just about distress distress, uh, these issues, if we would. 45% of all adults suffer adverse health effects from stress. 75 to 90% of all doctor office visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. Stress can play a part in problems, again, as we said, such as headaches, high blood pressure, heart problems, diabetes, skin issues, asthma, arthritis, depression, and anxiety. This is so interesting. The Occupational Safety and Health uh, Administration, OSHA, declared stress as a hazard of the workplace. Stress costs the American industry more than $300 billion annually. And so understand that this is a problem, and it's a problem that is characteristic to living in this this incursed world, this problem-ridden world. As we go forward through it, we're going to have difficulties and problems, anxieties that are going to set upon us as we go forward through this time. 
But the good news is, is the very God who created us and the very God who knows us says to us that I, I want to help you with that. I want to be able to give to you some help and strength as you go forward in your life day by day. For young people, this is something that you need and we need to learn to handle very early on in our life. We need to learn uh, to, uh, to come to the Lord and get his help. As we age, in many ways, those problems and stress builds up over a long period of time. So very often it doesn't get any better, but it gets more difficult. Actually, I want to say that Christians tend to handle this type of stress, not going into distress. They tend to handle that much better than the unsafe population as a whole does. However, we're not exempt from problems or difficulties that come in our life. But we do have, of course, the help of God as we go forward through them. And so I want us to understand about this matter, what the Bible says of care, of care. It says they're casting all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. And so this world then is full of cares. These cares then uh, are this matter of worrying and fretting. Interestingly enough, it actually means this matter of uh, a distraction, the idea of creating a distraction for us. So as we go forward through life and as we're attending to our duties day by day, when there is just a heavy-heartedness and when there is an anxiety and a stress on us, it creates this constant distraction for us because of just the heavy burdens that lay upon us for that. And so we understand about this world and the life of cares. And this is why in verse 6, the Bible says, again, casting all of your care, all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. I love the book of Philippians. It's in Philippians 4, 6. It says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so God says for his children, he says, I don't want you to be full of care. I don't want you to have the fret and the anxieties that you're carrying day by day, and it's always there with you, and it's always constantly on you, uh, and you're living a life full of care or full of anxiety. God says, I don't want that for you. And so in Philippians 4, 6, he says, be careful, be careful for nothing. Now, let me just say this, and you know, I'm a preacher, but let's be obvious about that. There are a lot of things in life that are easier said than done, right? Uh, just, just forget about all that, right? Look, it's no problem. You're saved. You're a Christian. God will take care of you. Uh, and let's, don't worry about it. But we're not wired exactly that way. And when something is laying heavy on us and when it's burdened us, it's hard for us just simply to say, ah, God's got this and everything will be okay. We can pretend that sometimes. But as we go forward, just all of those cares of the world that we're a part of weigh down on us as we go forward day by day. So God says, I don't want you to be careful. I don't want you to be anxious. I don't want you to be full of thought, just dwelling on this thing and then fretting about it and just carrying all these burdens and anxieties, God says to us, I don't want you to have to carry that as you go forward day by day. I want you, you hold your place where you're there, but there's a couple of places I want us to see in this Bible study tonight. And so hold your place right there in First Peter chapter 5 and turn, if you would, to Matthew in chapter number 6. Now here in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus is teaching us about some very important 
conduct of the Christian life and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. And so God here deals in this chapter about the matter of prayer. And he says uh, in verse number five, when thou prayest, and then he says for us in verse six, uh, but when thou prayest, and then verse seven, but when ye pray. And then as we come on in chapter number six, Matthew chapter six, and then over to verse 34, right at the end, it's so interesting. It says, uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow, or take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. And then we give this instruction or this warning that God gives to us, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. So I wonder if we first just lay down this foundation for us. When the Bible says that we are to cast all of our cares, there's a care then which can develop into a worrying and a fretting because we are carrying it as we go forward day by day. Maybe it is so so traumatic and maybe it is such a heavy, heavy burden that it's really impossible for us just to shake that off and pretend like that that burden doesn't exist. But we carry that as we go forward day by day. We can be, as the Bible says, full of care, full of care, so that it becomes uh, more consuming and really more overwhelming to us as we go forward. But God says, I don't want you to continue in that kind of a condition because... Uh, one, it's very distracting to you, and, and it becomes very hurtful or harmful to you. And God says, I don't want that for you. And that's why it tells us in verse number 34, where we see in Matthew, it says, Matthew six thirty-four: take therefore no thought for the morrow. Uh, this matter of worrying and fretting. So there's stress, there's anxiety that comes on us for very important reasons for very obvious reasons uh it's valid if you would because we have a heavy burden and a heavy trial and a difficulty that we're going through but honestly there are other times where those problems press on us that are really to some degree self-induced that is being worrisome worrisome or fretful we're kind of borrowing tomorrow's problems today I heard that there was a lady in the church and the pastor was speaking to her and trying to counsel her. And he told her as she worried about so many things, what if this or this might happen and what if, what if. And so he encouraged her and he said, I want you to create, if you would, a worry box. And during the day, whenever some concern or some worry comes up for you, I want you to just take your pen and write on a piece of paper what that particular worry is. I want you to put it inside the worry box. I want you to pray about it. And then I want you to try to just go forward uh, in your day. And so she did that. And after a week later, she came back to the pastor. She said, I've been doing that. Uh, Now what do you want me to do? And he said, what I want you to do is a month later, I want you to open up that worry box. And I want you to read those different things. And then I want you to be honest and ask yourself, did this happen? Did this happen? Did this happen? And she comes back and she tells the pastor, and she was shocked, and she said, most of the things that I worried about didn't come to pass. Now, we live in a stressful time, huh? The world is kind of upside down, and there are a lot of things that you could get caught up and you could be real fearful about. If you spend too much time watching the news, I promise you that you'll be fearful. Through COVID, one of the things that we could have learned, if nothing else, is that fear sells. 
People turn on their television in order to be told all the time how everything is falling apart and how our lives are falling apart, how that everyone is going to die and all of these bad and terrible things are all going to happen to us. And so as we do that, we can get caught up and we can borrow tomorrow's problems today. But here's the wonderful thing about it as you go back to our text now in, in uh, 1 Peter in chapter number 5, and that is this, life is full of worries, but Jesus is full of help. Amen? Jesus is full of help. And so it tells us now in verse 7, it says, Casting all your care, casting all your care upon him, listen to this, for he careth for you. Now, I don't know about you, but it absolutely amazes me that God even knows who I am. Right? I mean, how does he know who I am? How does he know that I'm even here? How does he know where I'm at? And the Bible says that he has all of the hairs of my head numbered, and that is an ever-decreasing number. So he even keeps up with all of that also, which is pretty incredible, amen? Uh, but he just, he loves us, and he cares about us, and he wants to be able to help us. And so he comes to us and says, life is full of problems, and life is full of difficulties. In verse number 9, it says that the afflictions that happen to unsaved people in the world, that many of those same afflictions can come to the child of God also. The difference is not, are we shielded from all of the bad things of this world? The difference is, is that we have the Lord Jesus Christ to go with us through those problems and through those difficulties. Amen? And so Jesus said, cast those cares upon me because I care for you. I love you. I care about you. I love the hymn. And I love the singing tonight, by the way. And I'm inspired that your pastor leads your singing. I'm not sure if I can take that back to our church or not, but that was impressive. Amen? But it tells us now in the hymn, I love this, does Jesus care? Verse number one, does Jesus care when your heart is pained too deeply for mirth or song? As the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long. The course. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched with my grief. When the days are weary and the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. What an encouraging thought it is to know that though life is full of problems, as Job said, that a man born of women, as a woman is a few days and full of troubles. And so those problems and difficulties that will come for us as we go forward through this life, but it's wonderful to know that Jesus cares. And he says, I want you to come and I want you to come to me when in times of burdens and times of troubles and times of distress. I want you to come to me because I love you and I want to help you. In Psalm 27, in verse number 13 and 14, it said, I had fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And so God says again that I, I care for you. I care about you. And he tells us now that we would have fainted, the psalmist said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The goodness of God in this life as we go forward day by day, we can have the goodness of God. Now, all of that comes to this part and the actual instruction part of it, if you would. And so I want to tell you a story. So um, I um, just turned 60 years old. So um, uh, I, I know you're shocked by that. And you say you don't look a day over 65. But um, 
and turned 60 years old. And so as I got older, I thought, you know, it'd be good for me to find some activities that I could do as I continue to get older. So, uh, so I've been doing golf for a while, and I thought that's something you can do as you get older. I don't play it very much, but golf works pretty good. But I started something else also, which I, I understand, I think, that old men do, and that is that I started fly fishing. Right? It's kind of fun. So I just started it, and I'm doing fly fishing. So I got all the gear and everything, and my wife and the kids for the birthday is like, what can we get you? And I said, I want a fly rod. And so I'd actually had one saved on one of the online sites, and she looked at it. She said, oh, that's not enough money. You need to get a nicer one. I said, okay, I'd be glad to do that. And so they got that for me. And so in the fall, I started to go fly fishing, and I really enjoy it. And so uh, trying to learn about it, learn some things about it. And so I tied up my line, and I tied, you're going to be pressed. I put on a dry dropper, that's right, a dry dropper. So what that is a dry fly, and then there's that heavier fly after that that actually sinks down in the water. And so I'm out there fly fishing, and I'm bringing it back and casting it. After casting and and after fishing for a few moments, I look at my flies, and the bottom one, the heavier one, was gone. It it, it just was gone. It wasn't there anymore. I said, okay, let me tie on another one. So I tied on another one, and then I'm fishing. After a few moments, I looked at it, and that one is gone also. I said, I'm not snagging it on a tree. I'm not snagging it on the bottom. What's happening? And then I realized the problem was I was snapping the fly pole. Uh, It's kind of like an old cowboy boy, you know, with the whip, you know, I was just cracking the whip. So I'd bring it back and snap it and bring it forward too quickly. So I wasn't doing it right. So then I proceeded to do what most of us do now. And that is I want to go on YouTube. You can learn how to do anything on YouTube. You can, you can learn how to do brain surgery on YouTube, right? And so I'm looking at YouTube. And so my wife walks by and she says, another fly fishing video? And then she'll come by, another fly fishing video? What are you doing? And I told her, I said, listen, sweetie, I'm learning to improve my cast. I want to learn to improve my cast. And certainly that was something that was needed or necessary for me. But I think it's necessary for all of us. Now, listen, this is just so devastating. And I just want to share this story just for the purpose of illustration about how, uh, how much we need the Lord in our lives day by day. My wife here, just, my wife and I just recently was uh, northern Maine and then northeast uh, Atlanta, Georgia to see my mother, her mother, who are both 86 years old. And so I've seen my mother in northern Maine and on Sunday morning, it would be now two and a half weeks ago, I got a call very early in the morning, just woke me up out of a dead sleep and, and grabbed the phone and and scrambled over to another room as my wife was asleep right in the middle of the night. And I answered hello, and it was one of our faithful, faithful deacons, just such a man of God, loves God, and has such a good walk with the Lord. His wife, who grew up as a preacher's kid, and uh, they're so faithful uh, in our church, and they love the Lord so much, and they have such a close walk with the Lord. They have two boys. Their oldest boy is a uh, young adult. He's 25 years old. He went to Pensacola Christian College come back, and he was an engineer. He had a good engineering job. He attended church and that, probably drifting some away from the Lord, but he was attending church, and he was faithful. He'd actually bought a house directly across the street from his parents there in the city of Rio Rancho. And so the deacon, his first name is Jones, was woken up out of a dead sleep because he heard yelling and screaming. He runs to the window, and he looks And there was two men that were driving by, and they saw the fire and the flames, and they came and turned up to the house, and they were banging on the door. And as Jones, our deacon, looked across the street, his son's house was all engulfed in flames, completely engulfed in flames. He runs out and goes across, and 
And the, the story of that is that his 25-year-old son, Josiah, perished in that flame. He died uh, in that fire that was just directly across the street from Jones and, and uh, he and his wife. So they called and he said that my son's house burned and they found Josiah's body inside. I mean, the grief and the overwhelming grief and the heaviness and, and, and the pain and the agony of that is just beyond description. And I know that every one of us could understand how heavy and how difficult that would be. We'd been praying and praying for them. and We just had their funeral on Friday, awake at the church, and on Saturday. And so many people came out on the Friday night for the wake, and on Saturday, just such a good family that ministers to so many people. And on Saturday, the whole building was full, so unusual. We actually had people come up and fill the choir loft because there were so many people and no place for them to stand or to even come inside the room. There were those that were in the foyer with the doors open uh, so that they also could be there and be a part of the service. And you talk about devastating and overwhelming. We talked with them and prayed with them, and their faith has been so very strong, but we understand that, though it was so very hard initially with the shock and the trauma of that, understand that there'll be many difficult days that will come down the road. And I want to say that for them, for us and many of our people, and for every one of us as a believer, one of the things that we need to learn to do is to improve our caste. So in this passage, we see that one, we'll have problems, we'll have difficulties, we'll have heartaches that will come our way. We'll have those. We understand also that Jesus cares. And he said, I want you to know that I care for you. But then we see in that also a commandment. And the commandment is that I want you to cast your burdens. I want you to cast your cares upon me. In Psalm 55, in verse 22, it says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. And so to understand that God not only knows me, but he loves me. And he cares about me, and he cares about my daily life, and he cares about the, um, the good times and the times of rejoicing and victory in my life. But he also cares about those hard times and those difficult times. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And I took that verse and just to give comfort to the parents and to the younger brother, and just said to understand that even in times like this, and especially in times like this, that God loves you and that Jesus is there for you. And what he wants for us to do is to learn to cast, to cast our cares upon the Lord, to take those burdens and to take those griefs and to take those heartaches, even the worries and the frets that we have that maybe aren't even real or valid. And what he wants us to do is he wants us to take those and he wants us to roll them upon him, to literally take and to throw them upon him, to cast those cares upon the Lord. Remember when we started, we said that there is a good benefit or a good purpose, if you would, for stress because it actually then activates us during times of emergency or, or something that, uh, that alerts us or startles us, if you would, uh, that it really kind of, you know, puts us in a ready position and activates us to cause for us to be alert. 
However, if the problems of life continue to bear upon us day after day and year after year, then it will have heavy-hearted consequences on us. It'll be, it'll be hard, it'll be difficult, it'll weigh down, and it will press upon us. It'll rob our joy, and it will cause for us and, uh, very much to withdraw from uh, many things of life, uh, the joys of life and the blessings of life that God gives to us. It'll cause for us to withdraw from those things. And so God comes to us and says, one, you're going to have problems. Two, I want you to know that I love you with a perfect love, not, not just as uh, other physical people love you in your life, but I love you with a perfect love. And then he says, I want you, when you're heavy-hearted and problems and burdens in your life, I want you to come and I want you to cast those burdens upon the Lord. Now, I would realize that for most any Christian, and they are heavy-hearted and a lot of pressure and anxiety on them if the pastor were to talk to him or even if another Christian friend were to talk to him and say, you need to lay that upon the Lord, there's no question and there's no doubt that they would say, that's what I am doing. However, I believe then that this is a growth process for every one of us, and I believe that we grow and we learn how more and more to genuinely lay that upon the Lord and come uh, to the foot of the cross and lay it before the Lord Jesus Christ and give that to him uh, and then be able to go forward trusting him as we go forward day by day. And so just quickly, just to say this, God tells us that I want, to, I want you to cast your cares. I want you to cast your burdens upon the Lord. And so I want you to understand that that's not just a suggestion, but it's a commandment. A commandment not because God is being harsh towards us, but rather he's being loving towards us. And he says, this burden and this anxiety and stress that you're carrying is too heavy for you. You're not going to be able to bear it or to carry it alone. One of the indications of that, obviously, is just because of the physical problems, the number of sick days and the number of absence from work days that people have just every year in America because people are just burdened down with stress uh, and overwhelmed with anxiety to a point that it is hurting their health and they're not functioning properly day by day because of all the burden and the stress that is pressing upon them. So God says to us, listen, you can't carry this alone. Uh, You can't do this alone. And I didn't design you to do this alone. Rather, I designed you, I created you so that you would trust me and so that you would take those burdens and you would cast them upon me. And so I want to encourage us now to say, as we go forward through life, uh, if it's huge things, if it is, is just heavy grief and just overwhelming grief in our life, then it's easy enough for us to understand that that's something that I must cast upon the Lord. But we must learn also to do that with all of the needs and all of the struggles and the difficulties that come in life as we go forward day by day. We need to understand that God tells me that I must cast this upon him, that I must learn how to cast these burdens upon the Lord. And so we need to take instruction in that. Every one of us need to improve our cast. We need to learn how to cast our burdens upon the Lord uh, and to be diligent about that and to lay them down before Jesus Christ and go forward. Obviously, also what we need to do is learn just to really pray diligently. Sometimes during times of of difficulty and hardship, we 
know we should pray. We're kind of praying. But during these difficult times, God reminds us and says, come to me. Just spend some time before me. Just call out to me. Cry out to the Lord. And as you do that, I will hear and I'll help you as you go forward day by day. And so we need to pray. We need to call and cry out to the Lord. We need to, in turn, then learn to rest in the Lord, even when we don't understand it. Uh, we just place it before the Lord and say, God, I, I don't understand all of this. I, I don't know why this has come in my life. I, I don't understand a path forward with all this in my life, but I'm just trusting you, and I'm just resting in you as we go forward day by day. And then we learn also what, <clears throat> what David did, and obviously the familiar place where David, it tells us, encouraged himself in the Lord. They <clears throat> went out from Ziklag, and they were uh, conquering in battle, and they were turned back and told to go home again. And when they go home, Ziklag was burned with fire. The women and the children were all taken away. And David's faithful men, who loved David and, and fought with David, said, we need to stone David or put David to death because this somehow is David's fault. And it tells us in 1 Samuel 30, in verse number 6, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I want to say there's times where it's hard. It's hard to believe that God really knows where we're at. It's hard to believe maybe that God really loves us when we're going through a difficult time. But by faith, we trust him. We take those burdens and we cast it upon him and lay it at his feet, trying to just trust him as we go forward day by day. And then we encourage ourselves in the Lord because it's only by God's grace and it's only by his strength that we can go forward day by day and get the victory. Now, I want you to understand now that God loves you and he cares about you. And I want you to know that God wants to help you with the burdens and the cares and the, the griefs that you carry as you go forward. One of the commonalities in this world is we're going to have some struggles along the way. Uh, and with that is a reminder to us of how much God loves me and how much I need God and I need his help as we go forward day by day. So God comes to us and says, I want you to cast those burdens upon me. I want you to cast your cares upon me because I care for you. I love you and I want to help you as we go forward day by day. Let's pray if we would and let's ask for God's uh, help and blessing now uh, on our lives uh, and just be encouraged by this truth of just how much God loves us and how much he cares for us.